0: Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to unpack their hurt and share their truth. This space was created as an invitation for men of color to feel empowered to know it's okay that they can cry too.
1: It's always important to prune the shrubs it makes the house look bigger. Another way that Manscaped has saved me, it's definitely made it look bigger by shaving. If you use the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, it's waterproof. You could use it in the shower and it works amazing. Uh, If you use Black Men Cry 2, that's T-O-O, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Peace. I took it up to the
0: 617. So we're hanging out in mass and I have the pleasure to sit down with a doctor today. Hey, Doc, how are you? I'm doing well. Let's kick it off. So, Doc. Yes. What inspired you to study psychology?
1: So uh, being a first-generation Haitian man, uh, there's definitely been differences between um, my upbringing and my parents' upbringing. (laughs) Of course, uh, them both uh, growing up in Haiti and living a majority of their lives there and then immigrating to the U.S. and raising their firstborn child uh, and firstborn male um, in this uh, new country. They definitely had their um, values and their uh, plans in place that weren't going to change and that oftentimes um, went against the grain with uh, the dominant culture of america and so there are a lot of things that uh, my american white even hispanic friends were doing when i was growing up that even black friends were doing growing up that i wasn't allowed to do and so that has always been interesting to me um, my parents have also taken in uh, foster children when growing up, and so, um, they- Would they
0: foster black kids, Asian
1: kids? Uh, uh, all. Okay. of Of all uh, ethnic backgrounds, and so, w- with that being said, I learned from an early age that, like, not everyone has the same, like, upbringing as you. It's kind of thought that, like, it's like, it is on TV that, like, if someone lives in your neighborhood, they all have the same resources and all of that as you and so from a young age I learned that like somebody else's like mom and dad weren't always doing what they were supposed to be doing and um, needed assistance in that Um, and so that's where my parents stepped in so from that from that time I felt like I also wanted to like pour into other people and help people out so that's where it originated and then of course as things uh, progressed throughout my life I I definitely Grew my passion for psychology,
0: and would you say that's part of the reason why Black mental health and adolescent has been like more of your focus throughout your studies?
1: I would absolutely say that. Um, so, again, being like within this culture, of course, like all of us are here, all of us are human, X, Y, and Z. But it seems that like uh, Black men definitely have another and a different experience, mm-hmm. at, and so much so that in psychology, they're the least likely to attend therapy. Um, and the least to um, see it out. And so, with that being said, um, I feel like it's it's an area that isn't studied often. Uh, men's mental health in general is not studied often because there's not a lot of uh, male participants, so that has been my focus and just trying to get men to understand that like they too can cry. Um, I, I feel like just just with with that statement that like black men cry too is important um one to 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 validate right um and to let them know that like you can also cry too and to let other people know that like we're not um all and always um these like strong and brute and like emotionless um or like animals like people have uh, made us out to be that we too have emotions that we too um, are happy and sad, and are feel jealousy and guilt and giddy and and so on and so forth.
0: Why do you think black men specifically have been conditioned to have that idea that that's the way that they should behave, and they're not allowed to be vulnerable, and that's not an option for them?
1: Yeah, it's like it, it's both conditioned and socialized, right? So like in 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 a social setting, they're not even allowed uh, to do that. That like. You walk into an establishment, a party, uh, a graduation party where everyone's supposed to be celebrating, and uh, typically, or stereotypically, the black men in the room are kind of like... ethnic
0: white Yeah, like, cool. like... It's whatever. It's
1: whatever. And, and, like, growing up in that era where it's like, whatever, I, I would say the generation now, the upcoming generation now has more... Um, leeway with that that like they're allowed to like talk about their emotions and uh, mental health is a part of their like everyday conversations but yeah growing up in the 90s early 2000s it was, everything was cool everything's cool everything like it everything is um chill like in that sense not too not too good not too bad it's just like chill and so um the reasons why i think we are actually socialized um is, is it's brought down from generation to generation and then when you step out of that um, your your manhood is is at stake, right? Um, that often people feel like men men in general, but black men especially feel like, well, if I cry, people are going to think that I'm a woman, or people might think that I'm gay. Like, God forbid <laughs> that um, you these be human. <laughs> right that you be human and and show emotions. But in um, one in one one could say that like black men are not looked on to like. Be successful or or have um, any of these emotions or like looked on for anything um, other than just like being black man, so very low on the totem pole. But then on the other end, when it comes to like strength and it comes to um, being like dominant, um, they're looked on to be very high. So it's like, why can't a black man be somewhere in the middle or like which they are, but um, we're not socialized uh, to be that way. So it's like. We call the the world itself at times seems like it calls on black men to be um, what it wants it what what it wants black men to be and so like if we want you to be an athlete, you need to be an athlete and if we need you to sing a rap then you need to sing a rap um, we don't care if you're in school we don't care if you're um, uh a fashion designer we don't care about these like uh we don't care if you um are a plant dad, so on and so forth, that like we care um, when you're entertaining us and we care Mm -hmm. when you're uh, providing our need for something, whether that be protection or whether that be providing us with children that may provide us with a need, um, so on and so forth. So there's the school to prison pipeline that we're all definitely aware of. and so there's many things that happen from the day we're born that kind of socialize us to that, right? Like, don't pick up the baby too much, like, or, like, that boy's going to be a man one day, like, let's not do that. It's, it's It happens within our own culture, right? Like, regardless of um, if you're Haitian, Jamaican, or so on and so forth. Um, and it's kind of when the mother in, in the situation or the sister tries to baby or show love, right, it, it's like, oh, that child's going to be a man one day, like, you can't. You be can't do solo. that. Or you can't be too soft. It also tells you what kind of world that black man's gonna go into where he's not allowed to be soft. And so from that point on, you can't you can't raise them for a world that they're not gonna be in, which is sad to say.
0: And it kinda of makes sense when you run into men who still struggle to be emotional and we're looking at them like, dude, that was two decades ago. Why aren't you here with us and a vlog with us? But like you said, they've never been trained to step into that world or encourage.
1: Right. And trained, encouraged, socialized, so on and so forth. And so, um, when, yeah, like, it's, it's definitely sad because if, and some people are raising their, their children differently of, of course, um, but especially with black men that they face this because and it's, Also, like, oh, well, my family allows me to do this. Why doesn't your family allow you to do that? And it's like, oh, because they said, like, I need to be a man. Or they said um, that they need help with with all of these things. And um, as we know, black children grow up way too fast. And so, uh, especially uh, black boys, because of either the things that they get into or either the things that they're socialized um, to get into, which is, like, fighting and, and, um, like... "Quote unquote, like gang activity and, and so on and so forth. That like that is their place rather than like education and being one that like um, went the edu- like went the ed- on the educational path or walked the educational path. I should say, um, yeah, it wasn't like made for me. It wasn't constructed for me. Um, I didn't have a place there, but I definitely had to like uh, make my lane, and then hopefully other people can follow that lane as well."
0: I want to talk a little bit more about that lane. What was your experience learning psychology, being a black man, and then even being taught about the black community? Like, was there anything that was shocking to learn?
1: Well, again, so there's not um, an extensive amount of research that's out there, but what was shocking to learn is that there's words for all of the things that we're experiencing, so it was very validating. Um, so you think of something like acculturation so that difference between the Haitian dominant co- the, the Haitian culture and the American um, Culture and and me going through uh, what I was going through during my upbringing like things like sleeping over at a friend's house Which is like unheard of in the Haitian uh, community? Um, that that's a piece um, and so things uh, It's the term is acculturative stress that one is going I through right and so it's the stress of like trying to balance between the two um the the two cultures and so like yes your culture is actually dominant because like that's the household you're living in when you go to see family that's what's happening but then there's this other side of um when i'm at school and they're like why can't you sleep over or like why are you eating sugar cane and drinking a beer at like lunch Twelve. and i'm like this is malta like <laughs> it's not a beer but like that's what it's looking um to the point where when, when that did happen, uh, the sugar cane uh, was fine, but the teacher did look to see my like if I was, was, was drinking really a drinking beer. beer. And I'm like, you don't even know what maltor is, but like it made me feel like, okay, like this is not even my, like no one even knows what, like, what I'm eating or like um, chewing into like a bag <laughs> 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 um, with the sugar cane and so like, or like can it, Canepas or canepso, um, whatever you would like to call it, um, even the, like the foreign fruit that I would have, um, wasn't something that my white peers were were exposed to.
0: And for the research aspect of it, why aren't we? Why aren't black men involved in these um, research? And why is it so important to have more involvement so we can learn more?
1: Loaded question. So let me just go for the juggler with the first one so we're distrusting of the system and we should be right so uh, before when black men have previously um been engaged in in this research they were given syphilis or they were um let let astray um during these studies um or oftentimes they didn't capture what the the nuances of the study that they could have captured um during this and and, and what i mean by saying that is everyone Um, for the most part especially when we're talking about research from let's even say 2010 and and in the past it it African-American men means Haitian men and and um, Jamaican men and Trinidadian men instead of uh, Trinidadian Haitian men instead of like black black American -American, African-American exactly American Right, and so all of it is just African American. So like a part of me always is like, is this like African American like, um, from like like blacks from? But like in that context, they refer to themselves as like Nigerian American rather than like African American. And so like is everyone referring to them like that? Mm-hmm. And with the research and knowing the nuances, people are like, well, what's the difference? And so I'm like, okay, are Irish and Italian people the same? And they're like, no, absolutely not. And I'm like. Okay, there you go, um, and and that gets like people thinking about it that like don't understand like what's the big deal with the difference um, because like all the cultures are different and, and, and there's definitely cultural values, religious values, so on and so forth that are um, important for us to consider during that. Um, I would say an, another reason is it it's not a focus in in our community, right? Um, so, therapy isn't a focus, participating in research isn't a focus, even, so like you have me going to, to school, I, I was, um, for a, a long period of time, I was one of two black people there, um, and, and with that being said, I was um, the only black male ahead of me or behind me for, like, three years. Wow. And so, that's a doctorate program, and of course, that, the bachelor's experience was totally different. But when we're talking about a doctorate program, or even talking about a master's program, same thing. Um, there was actually, um, yeah, actually same thing. Uh, one black woman and, and myself. And so, um, and, and we're just talking about clinical psychology, right? Uh, so, um, as myself, I'm a clinician that uh, talks one-on-one therapy with someone. So then that takes me away from being able to do the research, doing the mm-hmm. testing, doing all of that because or like writing the books um, and and some may say like even being engaged in these type of conversations more because um, I'm spread thin throughout like what I want to do and I know where my passion is and I'm just starting out. So uh, figuring out my lane within this, especially that the lane isn't mapped out because like oh, my grandfather um, has done this before, like my uncle is also in the same field. Or I even know another person um, that looks like me that, that is in this field that has done it um, previously. I think um, my, he, he was a part of my uh, dissertation uh, team and he uh, spoke, spoke and he was, what, four years older than I was? Um, and I don't even know four years older. He obtained his degree about four years before I did. and so um, he's still uh, in his like mid-30s. Um, and he's also doing one-on-one therapy. And so like who's going to write the research, who's going to like gather all these people together um, and be the face because right if I come to ask you to uh, be involved in my research and it's not someone, that you can relate to or see yourself um, uh, looking like, then why would you part- participate? Is is often, um, yeah, is often what happens. Or it's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't care to.
0: Why is it important that we are involved in these research? Because, like you said, we're not trusting. So how can you get us to trust it, and why should we?
1: I would say being involved is just going to help us, especially when we talk about uh, black psychology and black mental health as a whole. So the more we're involved on every aspect, right? So, uh, providing, um, that you're even a test taker or your instructor, like, that has to be involved in the study, you're a coder within the, the study, that, um, you are the person gre- even greeting the person, the, um, there's, there's an element of, like, security when it comes to black people seeing another black person, um, especially when you're in a dist- in a distrusting, um, environment. And so of, of course there are other black people that participate in the studies and they've worked through whatever they need to work through to participate, but that's still like, let's say, there's 100,000 um, white or Hispanic people that participate in the study, and then you get, what, 5,000 black people to participate in the study? Uh, that's huge, huge. Um, and so one way would be by just spreading the word that like this is just gonna help promote us and we get to learn more about like our Um, environment and our people uh, by doing that so let's say the studies on black depression like is there black depression is it different and it's like well yes because they're they're socialized to be different and so there's going to be different things that work so then um, later on somebody else who develops treatment manuals that's a black person or interested in and black psychology can then develop that test uh, that um, treatment manual and now we can add um, that. A exercise needs to be incorporated because black people tend to feel depression more physically let's just say that was um, one, of, one of the findings and then you would know that or black people need to figure out a way um, to be in a working environment that's inclusive because the racism that happens at work is what's <laughs> is 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 what's uh, damaging and, and uh, significantly in influences uh, black depression. But we don't know what it is or what it is for a group of people. Um, and so that is all necessary because then we can start, like, tackling um, these things, but we don't know.
0: It kind of made me think about, um, like you had said, when you talked about work and feeling more inclusive or even when we used to talk about therapy back then and it was only made for, like, if you're crazy or something's wrong with you, it's literally everything that we are saying, like, you don't understand me, so you don't know how to speak to me or have me in the same places. We're our own sort of, like, enemies in a sense because we held each other back because mm-hmm. we weren't doing these studies. We weren't having these conversations, so we're mad at how the world was treating us, but we weren't letting anyone help us mm-hmm. so we can
1: be treated better. And, and, and partly it's like we weren't letting anyone help us, but, like, no one was there to help us as well right Um, and within that even like um, because like white males also go through that they're the least likely to also go to therapy um, as well or like to um, end early but also they have a lot of um, stress like when when you look at uh, the research because like um, they're held to this pedestal that like oh you're a white man you have everything handed to you, you what wasn't. are you suffering <laughs> like what <laughs> are you suck. suffering yeah like and and what are you suffering and all of these things are like within your power to change and you're not changing anything um so like the amount of pressure that they even feel is is crazy but like not not to get too much into that but to say that like each one of us are going through our own um our own like inner inner battles but like ex- especially when you think about the the black community that's all right, they're supposed to be the man of the house, and they're also going through racism, and they're not making as much as their peers, and they're in this um, white-dominant society for for the most part. The more we can be engaged in therapy, we we know that it works, and we know that it's going to uh, help us along the way. And um, other people would say that like, oh, that's like, thing that, like, women do, or that's a thing that, like, white people do, and unfortunately, it's not, like, oh, that's a thing that, like, black men do, but, like, sports is, right, or, like, gangbanging or rapping rapping is, like, a thing that black men do, but, like, therapy um, is not, so the more we can, like, flip that, like, narrative and that script, it it would be best, like, oh, you go to therapy? Like, yeah, like, I go to therapy too, and, like, my homeboy goes to this therapist, says, like, she or he is is real good, um, because, like, you were just... Like you pointed out um, that like some people feel like oh it's just crazy people that go to therapy no happy people also go to therapy because they need to maintain their happiness. Mm. People that yeah. are grieving need to, need to go to therapy yeah. because of that or people that are in like a, a a transition in their life and they really need to like start thinking these things out and they want to think more clearly about these things. It's not just like quote unquote crazy people and what crazy people used to mean, yeah is people that are hallucinating or people that are that have delusions totally but now agree. crazy is just like someone that lacks boundaries right that like pulls up to your work like oh they're crazy no they lack boundaries but you've probably also done some things to make them quote unquote crazy, crazy. right and so um the stigmas that come with uh therapy uh that that's across the board but you also know uh black people are um, what's the word? I don't want to say founders, but our Innovators? Uh, the, the, yeah, we control, yes, we control the cancel culture. And so it was like, before cancel culture started, it was like therapy canceled, right? And now uh-huh. we're trying to like bring it back. But there's little nuances that like, oh no, only crazy people go there. Or like, damn, you that depressed? Like, you trying to like kill yourself? And it's like, okay, what if I was? Like, do you think saying that made me feel better? Um, or it's like, no, they're in therapy, like, you might want to, like, they got, they got a lot of demons, and it's like, okay, same thing with, like, church, and, and, and this will be, because it's Sunday, I'll I'll bring my religious spiel into it, but, like, people think, like, if you're going, if, if you're going and attending church, especially religiously and traditionally every Sunday, that, like, somehow you're holier than thou, it's like, no, I'm a sinner just like the next one. And it's like, that's why I need to be there. And so same thing with therapy, like there's a lot of things going on in my life. So that's why I need to be there. And the more we can look at it that way, the more people hear us speak about these things. Um, even again, with uh black men cry too, like they'll be able to say like, okay, like these things will be normalized. And so like when, I, I mean, how often have you seen like a girl like wipe away a few tears like on a train or whatever um and it's been like oh okay like (laughs) and it's been like oh okay like she had a rough day maybe I'll say something maybe I won't but like to see a black man do that like and like do I like yeah I'm not saying anything because like that's foreign and like it's almost like when black men cry like something is going on but like something's always going on maybe that's why he's finally crying and it would be great for you to actually say something during that time um, and crying w- when we think about it is like a busy physio- physiological uh, response and reaction and so it's it needs to happen it's like cleansing like you ever have that like good cry and it comes out like
0: so I never Ooh. used to be one of those people until 2020 hit, and I've been in the shower like, wow, wow, <laughs> a this is cleansing. what they've been talking about. This a is amazing. Cleansing. right, right. But then it also makes me think about how a lot of black men, like, mm-hmm. it's almost the same thing. The last time I cried was when my grandmother died. It's always the because same Because you thing. can cry
1: during death, but, like, make sure you wrap that up in, like, two to three days, because, like, then you're going to have a problem. Like, it's like like you're doing too much yeah, now. You're doing like too
0: much. oh i'm sorry i'm just
1: grieving right but what happens is um and, and and for many people uh is that these things start to pile up right so then somebody has a grandmother's death then somebody also is talking about like not getting the job they wanted but now like they did they are late on like their cell phone bill and then they just dropped their phone and like cracked their like screen and then they didn't get this <laughs> the sneakers like on Tuesday. the sneaker <laughs> the sneakers app like and then like they find they may find themselves crying over like not getting a pair of sneakers, but it's like they're not crying over their sneakers, but like they're crying over everything else. Um, and then they they're like, "Damn, I need to tighten up." No, you need to like
0: let it out, let it out, let
1: catharsis. So that's the, like, another word that I didn't know like before this, but catharsis is just like letting it out um, and exposing yourself to that. Mm-hmm.
0: So I kind of want to switch gears a little bit. We've briefly talked about white people a few times. Um, you went to a PWI?
1: Correct, I all think. of them. From, <laughs> from kindergarten? on. yeah, yes. Well, well, I was going to ask you, how
0: that experience is, but I want to also focus in kind of through youth. How was your experience, mm-hmm. and most importantly, how was it during getting your doctorate?
1: Okay. So youth, I was definitely, there's a word, um, tokenization so I was like the only black um, kid in in a lot of my courses uh, growing up Um, that experience was definitely different but I didn't see my like it was just happening right Um, and and that's how how life was happening when I would come home and say like oh this made me feel weird to like my parents they were like okay like you're in school like what else right Um, but again their experience like when they read about slavery, or they read about the Haitian Revolution, or so on and so forth, they were around people that looked like them. So it was kind of like, everyone was kind of having the same reactions. Um, and so like, if, uh, I'm assuming when someone read the N-word in in, in class, it was just that. Um, but for me, it was like hearing a white kid say the N-word, and it was like, why is it necessary for us to like have to read that word? And definitely was more sensitive to it when I was younger, than um, as I grew up because I realized like it was a word in the book that they had to read, but like going through that, I was kind of like, why for what? I mean, like, even
0: to say why for what? Right,
1: right. Um, and so, and especially looking back on it now, and like what I've learned about like Christopher Columbus, and like let's learn about like Rosa Parks and the um, Martin, yeah, Martin Luther King, and. Um, George Carver and and, and, and all of those was. type of people and like Malcolm X was like never spoken about right like you would see Ooh, some things you would see some things out of, like the corner of your eye so to say and you would say like what like what's that or like what are they ta- like Black Panther Party like what it-? and it's like true. okay yep <laughs> like, and, <let's>, and
0: like, <laughs> that never happened it was just this one moment
1: um, and the idea of like how I programmed history in my head was. Martin Luther King passed away. He was doing all these peaceful protests, um, and he and he was assassinated, and the world changed. No, like all of that took time, right? Like all of that took time, and even towards the end of his life, um, there there's a speech that he I don't want to get the words wrong, um, but for the sake of time, he basically was saying um, that he feels a. he feels wrong for trying to get um, segregation, um, he, yeah, he, he, he feels wrong for trying to um, end segregation because he feels like he's just leading black people like down the wrong path continuously because like they're not being accepted by white people. But like that wasn't discussed and that's still not discussed or talked about. It's um, that I'm hearing <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it ain't a lie. But like, ex- especially as you've seen um, with like I'm not going to name brains but like all the other companies that like oh s- support like Martin Luther King or follow his way like there was there was protests and riots and and looting and people are like follow dark, Dr Martin Luther King's way and I'm like oh now y'all want to use him. But like or you want to use him for like your uh Black Month uh Black History Yeah, Black History Month, Month uh, like initiative but like there are other black people that, that did things, but it's like only um, these, only like, they're good, one, the one the, the good ones, but like, y'all killed the good ones too. Right.
0: So, since I was your adolescent, how was being an adult at a PWI?
1: I realized very quickly the people that I grew up with and that I, like, held in my inner circle were drastically different than um, the rest of the world. Um, I, would, I would props uh, Lynn, Massachusetts for being uh, diverse, and at least people were able to like, see other black people and uh, know other ethnicities and cultures and, and other uh, traditions and so on and so forth. I was meeting people in college that have never met a black person in person before or never had like a black friend or didn't realize like black people also like went to school. One of the things that I was asked is um, if I was like, like, what my position was, when was the game, um, and uh, if I had a full, like, basketball scholarship, and when I said no, they were like, how are you here? And they're like, oh, academic, and I was like, no, and they're like, so how are you paying? And I was like... With money. Um... (laughs) (laughs) uh I like the same way that you're paying like my parents are paying it like and they're like oh oh, okay and and you're from Lynn (laughs) like yes uh education is important to us (laughs) interesting um there were other like little nuances that like when you would, like try to help a friend out and like let them like either copy your notes or um, tell them the answer to like certain like questions um, that they were struggling with like whether that be like with homework or so on and so forth and they they wouldn't come to you until after like you were either praised by the teacher or they like actually seen the marks on your your grades so like there were certain people and yeah that wouldn't like, come to me for like advice or whatnot. Oh, better
0: for um, Right
1: and. It, that was interesting, especially that I was like trying to help other people, like, because you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch yours, and so it's like, oh, okay, like, you helped me out with this question, like, last week, like, um, like, I know it, why didn't you ask me, and they're like, oh, like, you know, so very, like, there was a lot more microaggressions and just, like, flat-out ignorance, um, <clears throat> yeah.
0: I like that you said microaggressions, because what I have said to some people, you know, there's this big PWI versus HBCU debate that happens. The only argument, because I also went to a PWI, that I say is it equipped me for the microaggressions and taught me how to fight back in their language in corporate. But for a lot of people who attended a PWI, they still have some regrets for not going to an HBCU to make it more comfortable for themselves. What side
1: of the debate do you land on and do you even think it's a debate worth having loaded question so i like yeah so like i too like had dreams and, and and whatnot of like attending an hbcu or even like now because of like twitter and instagram you see these like predominantly black high schools and you're like that looks so lit, like, that was your high school experience, like, it looks like it should be, like, in a movie or on TV, um, and these are, like, just a kid on Snapchat, like, oh, yeah, this is my high school, like, we had another, like, pep rally or whatever, like, this, like, game day, yeah, and I'm like, wow, that looks, like, very inviting, very, um, so on and so forth, and so, would that have made the, I feel like the debate is not worth having, because, like, the, Similar to what you were saying that like it equipped you with the language to do that and so I think a lot of people that attend HBCUs either have already come equipped to the HBCU with that or they learn how like ignorant those things like are from jump And so like I learned about a lot of like microaggressions Micro-invalidations micro-insults also during like grad school, so I have my master's degree So I, I did three years with that and then my doctorate degree I did uh, four years uh, with that. So that's where I experienced even more that like hmm, now that I'm reaching this like upper echelon of, of a level, like the little side eyes, the like comments, um and the like um hyper vigilance of like just being a black man in that position was definitely more prominent then than it was in college. It was kind of like, Oh yeah, like that's cute, like you're doing the college thing and other people are like, Are you sure you can do that? Like you're sure you're gonna go to grad school, you're sure you wanna be a doctor in psychology like shouldn't you pick a field that's more you know like fruitful um and so on and so like like a nursing degree or a, a like an actual doctor in um medicine and it's like no well, a doctor in psychology will do me just fine since that's what i i want to do um but to your your point i i feel like both people can come equipped and what i've what i found with uh hb CU grads is that um, they feel more confident in in those positions right Uh, there's no like imposter syndrome that uh, goes on there Uh, they've definitely felt more um, more deserving of the positions that they're in because of the backing that they got from the HBCU unlike uh, the PWIs there may not be that that backing right or that like constant like I know that I can do this which again is is different from my experience because growing up uh, first-generation and having family back in Haiti like I knew black people could be presidents black people could be CEOs black people could do all of these um, like one percenters type of jobs whereas like in America that's not often um, advertised and so um, my parents I, I, going back to what we discussed earlier, they didn't they're like, Okay, some kid was being racist or said the N word or called you a Tootsie roll, which is like A Tootsie Roll. A Tootsie Roll. Kids. So like what what is that like what is that going to do? Like you're not going to fight them, you're there for school. You had to, we didn't send you to school for friends, like so get that. And then that became my attitude that like I'm not here for everybody else and and when it slipped up or like s- those experiences happened those experiences tended to happen more when you were like trying to be friends or welcoming of people um, in- into your space and so i'd learned to like keep people and keep my boundaries there um, but then that results in you being like the standoffish mm-hmm. or the angry black man so it's kind of like a catch-22 but the hbcu prepares you for that so like even things that like i didn't figure out um maybe if i went to an hbcu and they were teaching me about these things more um, heavily, then I would know that, like, okay, like, all of their comments and their language and their body language is just going to lead to this. Um, I didn't realize that, and I was, like, giving more chances rather than, let's say, uh, I graduated from HBCU, I would have already known how this person is talking, and just by the language, people, like, they're like, oh, you're so articulate. Like, you're from there? Wow, that sounds, like, so good. Like, good for you being a black man here. Not, like, genuinely proud, but, like, oh we don't That's see that true. before yeah like
0: freaking the norm exactly in the token um
1: and so uh it's like they prepare you for that it, it appears and i don't know if pwis do the work that is necessary uh to prepare you to continue on within that culture right and then and then um, i'm sure they go through their own their own stuff right and as far like as an institution, they can't function without being in the dominant white culture. So there's things I'm sure when we think about like funding, right, for the HBCU, that it still runs into some sort of like institutional racist stuff um, that continues to occur. Because it's not like they're in a silo and they're only like functioning off of Black America. Like their money comes from the Board of Education. I would presume as everyone else. So So, um, although it would be great and awesome to attend an HBCU and definitely what uh, a mission it would be like now to do that, um, I've definitely had HBCU grads um, and Mm -hmm. I've had uh, like Harvard graduates and we're all in the same class like (laughs) during the doctorate program right so it's like um, or you end up at the same like job or, or so on and so forth so like it, it depends um, on on what you want your experience to be. I didn't learn about HBCU until college, after I already transferred once. So my parents won't let me transfer again.
0: Um, to close out, what impact do you want your research to have on black okay. doctor students in social yes. psychology
1: programs? Um, so one big finding was that mentorship is um, significant factor in having um, black students stay and continue and be successful in these programs and so I would want them to know that um, to find a mentor and to uh, be engaged in these um, yeah to to simply be engaged in their um, experience at these uh, universities whether that be a PWI or HBCU Um, as long as you have like mentorship you have uh, there are other like protective factors, like family, religion, um, money, ended up of course being a protective factor. Like when you have these things in place, you'll be able to feel like you can progress forward. Um, it's only then that you'll be able to do those things. You can't like just do it on your own, which it does feel like that. But if you have a mentorship, <clears throat> a mentor, um, or you're part of like some sort of like mentorship program, it is the best. Um, way that my research at least has found and many other um, researchers um, that like I researched during my um, dissertation to um, yeah to, to be a part of uh, those type of environments in order to get you to where you need to go in, in the doctorate program and just to um, know that like oh somebody else completed their, their dissertation so can I um, that it's not this like end-all be-all, um, it's just just the beginning as often uh, people say.
0: And since this work can be heavy for you, what is your self-care routine look
1: like? Oof, self-care. So <clears throat> uh, part of that is continued mentorship, right, with the people that were mentoring me before. Um, I'm in constant contact with them. Um, I would say being around my friends and my family is, is important. I can tend to be uh, the serious guy or the guy co- like constantly going, and so being able to um, get out of my element, be more laid back, dance, have fun, turn up with my friends is is definitely important. My religion still plays a big piece in my in my life, and so attending church and doing those things that I do um, constantly, but that self care is is important and. Um, being like genuinely nice to yourself, right? Um, if you're like, um, if you're name calling yourself and being negative because like you didn't finish this project on time, or uh, you gave up a um, a project that like you could have like made money on X, Y, and Z, like that is all uh, fine and necessary in order for you to like continue and to protect yourself. And so, as like the black man becomes a continued endangered species we need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves and and doing that and so uh therapy as well um and so whatever way um that we can find some sort of solace and peace we need to do that and crying right Um, so making sure that we are crying um, when the tears are present and allowing those things to
0: Happen. So, switch gears since I can't ask another question for the way that you answered that one. Duh, because Blackman Cry too. Give me three songs okay. that you listen to to get you in or out of any mood. So, whether you're angry, you're excited. Wow. Are you going to go for a run? Whatever. Three.
1: Okay. Here's the
0: hardest question I've asked.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, crew. Listen to that on the way here. There's always uh, positive vibes. Um, Love that song. Um, Let Go, Let God is, it goes there, is what I'll leave it at. Um, And another song. We have positive vibes. We have religious
0: vibes.
1: Um, I by Kendrick Lamar. What's the full song? I know it's not called alright. Yeah, we gonna be alright. Yeah. yeah, we gonna be alright. Is is that? Yeah. Oh, Mad. I have to add. Mad is my special.
0: Is it cilantro. Yes. Okay. That Oof. needs to. That, needs to whole, that. that whole. A seat at the table project.
1: Yes, a seat at the table is re, has been revisited since the pandemic.
0: times. Monthly. Same. same,
1: same. (laughs) Like let let the whole thing (laughs) rock.
0: So normally I typically ask, um, what message would you leave the youth with? But since that is a part of your work, I will ask, how has your work impacted your outlook on being a black man?
1: Ooh, how's my work impact? Um, That we are also like caring and compassionate and sensitive. Um, I I feel like that allows other people, um, other black men, other young black men to see that like them too could have somebody who is uh, caring, compassionate, sensitive towards them, right? And about them and about their feelings and about their well-being. Um, And so I don't take it for granted um, when I do have um, any patients at that, but um, black patients as well um, and black male patients because they are... Um, stereotypically not in, involved in therapy and when they are, it's, you want to promote that you want to foster that, you want to be compassionate um, to that and, and that too is important yeah
0: well thank you guys for tuning in to this very special episode of Black Men Cry 2 as per usual, you can follow us and join the conversation by following at Black Men cry 2 T-O-O and that's on Instagram and YouTube thank you for tuning in again, thanks so. mom
1: um, peace.